You're listening to Gifted with Sheila White, a podcast that will inspire you. Its purpose is to uplift and entertain creatives to pursue their passions through their gifts. Sheila White is a film and television producer, author, and entrepreneur. And in each episode, Sheila talks with gifted individuals about their journey and the lessons they've learned. It will also inspire you to make an impact, living your best purpose-driven life with clarity. And now, here's your host, Sheila White. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Grab a pen and call a friend and get ready to be inspired. I am so excited on today. I have not only a good friend, a family member, a one and only gentleman that's here from um, Joliet, Illinois, Mr. Eugene McDaniel. And he is like a brother to everyone. Like every time someone meets him, he just embraces them so, so much. So we're really excited to have Eugene McDaniel here with us. We're going to be talking about hospice care and caring for the elderly, caring for the adults. So it's really, really important that you guys take notes because in this pandemic time that we're in, a lot of people are caring for people. And so we want to make sure that you have some tools that you can put into your belt so that you won't get stressed out and that you will be able to help those that you are caring for. So without further ado, uh, without further ado, we're just going to jump right on in and get into this. How are you uh, this morning, Mr. McDaniel? I am fine. Thank you very much for asking and to and, and the wonderful um, accolades that you gave me during the introduction. Thank you. Reaching yes. out. And also when I reach out for brotherhood, others are reaching in. So thank you again. And you know what? I just want to tell you a little bit about Mr. Eugene McDaniel, because he's been working as a volunteer in the field of hospice and adult care for the past 13 years. Um, and he received a social justice award in 2012 from St. Ambrose University for practicing tenets of peace and social justice. Eugene has further concentrated to develop skills to better serve others in need. He's always coming to the help and to the aid of individuals individuals, not just to the elderly, but he also helps the young and the youth as well. Um, I know that he's had extensive training and caring for the elderly, and uh, he works with attachment as well as detachment issues. And I know a lot of us in this pandemic want to have detachment issues with our little kids that were homeschooling, <laughs> but he works with those types of things. He works with um, all different types of equipment as far as transferring equipment and things like that. Um, he has been there for people that are dying, that are dying alone. Um, he's worked with Alzheimer's, dementia, um, and he helps people not to be burnt out in this time that they're in when they're going through these difficult times. Um, Eugene is one of those who's developed a network of, that empowers people and helps them to be effective advocates. So he's doing a job well done. And we just want to just give him a round of applause because he is really, really living it up, taking care of people that need his care. So, Gino, um, what is the difference for our listening audience for people that um, are looking at adult care versus hospice care? What is the difference between those two? Very good question. Um, a lot of times people say uh, hospice workers, you know, that's all they associate um, this field with is hospice workers. But adult care and hospice care are two uniquely different um, areas. Adult care is when you take care of an individual to help him become a little more independent, 
Uh, we all want to be independent in, in our life, and we all want to have the ability to do for ourselves. And that's what adult care does. Adult care is to have us workers enable that individual to do for themselves. It provides extra little, um, whether we're taking them out to the store, whether we are help dressing them, we teach them different mechanisms, different tools in which they can help themselves to make them feel better about themselves and to um, enable them to be more independent. Hospice care, on the other end, is a decision by the doctors that an individual is going to die within, they put a time limit on it within six months. Mm. So during that hospice care, we are providing that individual with as much dignity as possible mm. because they're starting to lose control of all of their senses, starting okay. to lose control of their physical mobility, and they're starting to lose control of their whereabouts. Okay. And so we want to make the comfort of them transitioning you know, from life into the transition to the next stage of their spirit as well and as comfortable as possible. You know, so, um, and as that during the hospice care, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing things like um, taking care of their um, their needs, which they can't really do for themselves. Right. Keeping their mouth dry or keeping their mouth wet because mm -hmm. their mouth normally gets dry. And additionally, helping them with different types of medication, water, mm -hmm. just all the kind and, and doing things for them, massaging them, mm -hmm. bathing them, just those kinds of things as well. So with adult care, it's not that a person is... Um, they don't have to be disabled or anything. It just could be a person that has mobility to be able to get around. But it sounds like with adult care, you're just assisting a person um, that may be a senior or a person that is uh, of a certain age or something that just needs assistance with their daily life, daily routine of things that they do. That's kind of the difference with that? You're absolutely right. You're, we're giving them assistance. And um, we're, we're taking care of, sometimes the assistance may be helping get them into a bath, mm -hmm. you know, to feel better. Sometimes mm -hmm. the assistance may be changing their diaper, you know, uh, making their beds for them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, there doesn't necessarily have to be uh, ambulatory, mm -hmm. you know, just immobile. And we want to give them as much mobility as possible. Now, with the hospice care, as you said, when you talked about that, um, you said that the doctor would give them a certain amount of time, um, you know, the, to live and things like that. Now, is the hospice person there 24 hours or is it a uh, shift type of situation? How does that work? Because at any time, if that person were to make that transition, I know there should be someone there. So does a hospice care person just pretty much stay with them or are they able to leave and they rotate schedules? How does that work with that situation? You're exactly right. We as as hospice worker, when an individual is is um, determined that they're going to have a limited amount of time in life, we mm -hmm. want to be there with them because you mm -hmm. never know when the um, the time for them to take their last breath is going to be. Okay, and and so we will have shifts around the clock, you know, to be with them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that individual, um, like I would be with an individual for days on end, and so I'll be sleeping in a chair, mm -hmm. you know, um, just whatever it would take to stay there with him. You know, and they would be looking over and they would see that you're there and they would mm. see that they have company and so forth. And, and that's important. In addition to the fact, not only for the individual who's transitioning, mm -hmm. it's also important for the family member because the family member is going through a very difficult um, process themselves, mm -hmm. um, knowing that their loved one is about to transition right. and there's not much that they can do about it. So we're not only providing 
service for the person that's transitioning, but we're also providing a service, a well-needed service for the family members to give them some time away you know, to be able to go and get themselves relaxed and to do some things on their own. And I know it's really important because uh, in, in times like that, you know, the person is going through their transition. The family, as you said, is going through a lot of turmoil, emotional turmoil as well. And they maybe can't be there at two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, but just knowing that there's someone there to hold their hand or knowing that that person is not leaving here alone. I know that brings a lot of comfort to, to family members since they can't be there at those times. Um, when the people are making their transition, so to speak, um, do they call and let the family know whether it's like four o'clock in the morning to be there? Um, I mean, they do the best they can, I would imagine, under those circumstances. How does that kind of work as well? Well, you know, if we're in the home, you know, yes, we will, we will naturally wake the um, family member up and okay. tell them okay. that, the, um, that they... The, the individual okay. is transitioning yeah. right now. Okay, um, okay. What we do is we can tell, okay. you know, there are um, respiratory changes. Mm. There are things that are what's called pooling, mm. which means that the blood, your, your, your organs take priority. Okay. You know, so your heart is beating and it doesn't send blood down to your feet. So you mm. have a thing called modeling, mm. which your feet starts turning blue and so forth. And it just travels all the way up, all the way up because it's, the blood is needed in a more vital sport. Oh, okay. The body, which is your legs and everything else. And so as we see these things called like modeling processing, mm -hmm. the respiratory um, process is starting to change. You know, we know that time is imminent. Mm. You know, we notify the family members to, you know, want to come in and sit and be there, you know, at that particular time. Wow. Now, we talked about um, attachment versus detachment um, issues. Is that the same for everyone? Or is, you know, for instance, if you're taking care of a person in hospice that's younger, that's not an adult, is it the same with detachment versus attachment? What is what is the difference there for the adult or the senior or the person that's going through the hospice care? Um, and it's two different areas that we're looking at attachment and detachment from. Okay. Two points of views. You know, we're looking at attachment from the, um, the patient, mm -hmm. you know, who becomes attached to the um, caregiver. Oh, okay. Attachment from the caregiver mm -hmm. going to the patient. Mm. Now, if you can imagine how it would feel, um, and most people can't, when you are blankly don't know an individual, you go mm. in, you start caring for him, you start bathing him, you okay. start making him feel better, you start yeah. seeing him and smile. Right. Um, and, you know, and you know that, you know, you're making a difference in his life. Mm -hmm. You become attached. You're okay. a human being, okay. you know, and so you become attached to that individual. Mm -hmm. Um when we and the and the individual who's receiving that um that benefit, that behavior mm -hmm. is also becoming attached. They know that you're there, they know that you care for them, they know that you love them. Okay. And you just and they want you to be there with them. Mm. You know, um, and so we as hospice workers or adult caregivers, we have to be really, we have to watch ourselves not to become so attached to the individual that okay. when they transition when your job is over and so forth that you go into a a, a, a different state of well-being. Okay. And so, so we have to watch our emotional concerns. Mm. You know, detachment, you know, you, you, you kind of put yourself into a position of blanket just being there. Mm. Just it's a job and you just 
it's it's a job and you just do what you need to do. Right. And you detach yourself from all the types of emotional kinds of concerns that you would have there. Yeah. You know, but we're human beings. We love and you have to have love in your heart in order to do this type of job in the first place. So it's wow. it's something that you need to be aware of, mm-hmm. but you also have to monitor your well-being during the process. Now, when you talk about monitoring your well-being, I would imagine the the stress level of maybe the family member or uh, a loved one, someone coming in. It could even be a friend um, that a person has known over time and they're coming in and with all the stress of social unrest going on and all the different types of injustices going on within the country, um, people are focusing on all the things that are going on on the outside. And then they're bringing sometimes that stress with them into that room, into that area, um, not realizing the effect that it could have on not only the caregiver, but the person that could still hear the the stress and the, and the tension in the room. Um, and I'm thinking in terms of if, Maybe a significant other or family member, someone comes in, they're stressed. They bring that stress with them. How do you kind of console that person that's in hospice that is aware of the situations going on? They're going through their challenges, but yet there's this person from the outside, a family member or friend even, bringing the stress of the outside of what's going on into that area. Do you do you have those situations or are people, when they walk in, do they just kind of calm themselves down? Because I can only imagine, um, you know, a person that's on that bed just worrying about their family and then they're hearing things that are going on, maybe something in their personal life or maybe a college student needs to go to school, don't have the money and they're trying, they want to help. So how do you deal with those outside environment situations with, that people bring into the hospice environment for that person that is aware of things going on? Well, you know, that's an interesting area, you know, because depending on exactly where that that um, client is mm-hmm. during the process and so forth, you want to, of course, limit him to as much peace, you know, and as much um, uh, counts, as much happiness as possible. Okay. You know, but life is life, you know, and uh, when others come in and if the person is seemingly unconscious and they're mm. starting to have all these different conversations and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, or how are they doing? Are they, are, are, are they into, um, you know, look at how they look and, and, and how do they, what what's happening with them and right. so forth. And have they had medication? Mm. All these kind of things when a person may be seemingly unconscious, yeah, they're not unconscious. Okay. You know, they're, they are still conscious. They are unconscious to our physical being, okay. but their mind is still able to understand, hear, and be aware of what's being said. Okay. So whenever conversations are going on that are are high intense or negative conversations, what I do is I say, hey, let's go outside and okay. call and talk about this a little more and so forth. You know, not to add on to the the stress level, as you called it, yeah, of the yeah. client, you know, mm-hmm. because they are uh, unable to do anything, sometimes not even make decisions, sometimes not even talk and so forth, mm. you know, and the more difficult it is for them to hear and to deal with those kinds of things, the more rapid their process is going to be. I just want to get out of here and so right, forth. Right, right. We, we want to extend life. We don't want to limit life right. based upon 
um, the circumstances and so forth. Right. And as it's been well documented, stress kills. Yes, yes, stress. <laughs> Even people that are not in the hospice situation, stress can take you out. You know, exactly. You know, now, exactly. how do you deal with the burnout? People that have been, you know, you're going through this and there's people that are taking care of uh, maybe seniors or parents or someone in the elderly in the adult care. How do you prevent that burnout or what would you say to people to help them to not just say, OK, I've had it because they're stressing as well. So let's let's talk about the burnout type of situations. Well, interesting, you know, because. You know, sometimes when you're assigned to patient mm -hmm. after patient after patient. Oh, wow. You know, at one time, they called me Dr. Death. Oh, because wow. So many, every patient that I had was terminal mm. and was within a few, um, within a relatively short period of time, mm -hmm. they transitioned. Wow, and, wow. You know, and that has a, a, a true effect on your psychic, you know, and so... Once that starts happening, mm -hmm. you know, yes, we need to make sure that we have additional supportive services, mm -hmm. you know, through our own family members okay. or through our, our, our social networking or just the, you're going out playing ball, going okay. out to your dancing, going okay. out to different dinners and so forth that yes. you can absolutely, let's use that word you talked about before, detach, De yeah. you know, yeah. um, get away yeah. from that right. and to think about other things to refresh yourself to mm -hmm. get a new i call it a different drink of water okay and so to have a um a different mindset mm. because you're affected you care for the individual mm -hmm. and once they start dying in your arms or once they start dying into your care and so forth you know that's going to have um an effect on you and you become wow. somewhat neutral about it because mm. it's on and on and after and after and after and you know that it's, it's what's what you're there for wow you know but the long run, um, you don't want to, you want to make sure that you have that balance, which is to additionally do some things, you know, that's not related to the industry, mm -hmm. that's exactly fun and enjoyable for yourself. Wow. That's that's awesome. I mean, we're we're almost out of time, friends, but we just, you know, want to thank you for listening on today. Uh, if you did not hear the entire broadcast, you know, please visit our website for more updates, more information and please leave a comment. And remember, you are uniquely designed and strategically gifted. We want to thank our guest, Eugene McDaniel, who is a uh, adult uh, care person taking care of the elderly. And uh, he's given us so much information, how to not burn out, some of the different things that are going on um, in that environment. And we need to be sensitive to uh, people that are elderly. We need to be sensitive to the people that are going through the hospice situations, the caregivers, all of the essential workers out there. So I take my hat off to the essential workers that are doing this job, all of the people that are taking care of adult care workers and the people that are in the hospice care uh, environment. You matter. You mean a lot. And we all need each other. So again, Eugene, Thank you so much for being my awesome guest on today. And that's just about as much time as we have, friends. Thank you so much for listening in. And we'll see you next time on Gifted with Sheila White. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Gifted with Sheila White. We hope you understand how your gifts can make an impact on the world. Gifted with Sheila White is produced by Road to Eternity, a film and television production company. 
Thank you, Gino. That was awesome, awesome, awesome. Everybody's clapping in the background, everybody. Even Maurice is clapping. That was really, really, really good.